Bezer Hashem, continuing in the commentary, Rav Davi Balei. Rav says, in the verse, chapter, rather verse 4, Vayar Elohim God saw the light that it was good. And the question is, what does it mean God saw the light? Did God not see this light until now? God knows and sees everything. But rather the secret is, that the rabbis say in the Midrash, that it was good to hide the light. So, so much to say here, but there's another fantastic deep midrash that it says that God saw the actions of the righteous and the actions of the wicked and saw that it was good to hide the light away from the wicked in the future so that the righteous in the future should enjoy it. Because if the wicked would get this light, they would abuse it. So this is bizarre because what do you mean God saw the actions of the wicked? I thought there was free will. How can you say that, oh, this person was destined to be wicked? Everything is determined. Height, intelligence, wealth, location, spouse. Everything, everything is determined about your life except for your righteousness. That is totally in your choice. Everything is in the hands of heaven except for the fear of heaven. So how can the Midrash say that God saw the actions of the wicked and the actions of the righteous and hid this universal light from the wicked people to be enjoyed by the righteous in the future? Implying that God created wicked people, that they have to be wicked, they were created that way, and the answer is no. God created a righteous path in a wicked path for each person. The paths and the possibilities and the scenarios of the different choose your own ending story of the different play out scenarios were both created. Paths were created before each person. And a person can choose to enclose themselves and enter into the space of his version of the actions of the righteous, or he can choose to manifest and step into the zone, God forbid, of the actions of the wicked. So on a deeper level, there were basically two great pathways created in metaphysical space of possibility for all human beings to travel down the pathway of the righteous, that if they would choose righteously, so they would follow down a certain path set out for them. But if, God forbid, they would travel the wrong way, they would travel down an opposite path set out for them, and scenarios would tumble into a negative cascade, or through positive choice, a positive cascade. It doesn't necessarily mean easy, but it definitely means positive and growth-oriented and truth and therefore eternal. So the light was there by we say in these verses that God's saw the light that it was good to hide it from the wicked means that Hashem was designing and formatting the universal light that it would behave, so to speak, in a way that if a person chooses to walk towards God forbid, down his negative road. So the light is designed that it hides itself in that person more and more. 
which means that as he travels into those, he opens those doors. He opens door number two instead of door number one, and he continues to go down the wrong, through the wrong doors. Wrong door after wrong door after wrong door. He's walking farther and farther away from the light, and the light is being designed right now that if a person should choose to open those bad doors and walk farther and farther away from the light, that the light would distance itself from him more and more. And this is why it says, and so continuing, he says that now Hashem needs to therefore hide the light and divide the light away from all the negative scenarios and negative pathways and negative outcomes that were designed for people to because free will needs to exist, there needs to be a possibility of falling into these traps. And so God was dividing the light from those scenarios, those future playouts and scenarios. That is God dividing the light from the dark. It's, it's formatting the light that it should divide itself away from the future dark scenarios, that if a person wants to step into those possibilities those possibilities which, which are existing in an extremely deep way in fields of possible experience that at this point, before people make their choices, the creator still has already designed the future scenarios in an ethereal space of possibility that a, people, a person could choose to manifest light and thereby activate certain positive scenarios, thereby drawing down this universal light of let there be light into that scenario making it exist. Or if he chooses to be negative, then he's walking into a dark scenario, chasing this light away. So just to try to add a little depth and extra dimension to these ideas, the last Shem is explaining that on the first day of creation by Let There Be Light, that Hashem at this point was shining his universal light of repair into the shattered universe, as we've been saying that there was this shattered universe, and he was, at that point, through the expression of the light, causing a congealment, a coalescence, and a manifestation of all the perfect roots of every reality that would ever play out in all the 6,000 years of history. But that then Hashem divided that light and hid it and, and hid it away after creating the roots of everything because while he created everything's perfect inner root and inner essence, he did not want the light to continue to manifest everything in the state that it was in because there was many, many forces of negativity and destruction and evil from the situation of the shattering that the situation of the shattering is the extreme of death, negativity, and loss, which was, so to speak, staining and stuck to every item in creation, in a very, very deep, abstract idea. So the light, therefore, was introduced on day one to create everything's perfect inner core and essence from which it grows, like that's everything's root, its perfect inner core and root and origin, its highest level from which it grows, 
through its development in time and through generations of developing what it is. The light therefore created everything's perfect inner core and essence, but traveled no further because the idea of the playing out and the growing out from these roots of perfection of all items to manifest what they were, those future manifestations and, and uh, of each item, those future developments of each item, metaphysically, mystically speaking, those energies of future development were tainted by the destruction of the universe, such that the light, it was inappropriate for the light to continue to play out in all of those manifestations. It would be the work of human beings to travel through time, to travel down those roads and lanes of their own manifestation at the center of every other item's manifestation, as the manifestation of each soul is truly in the center of every other item's unfolding and manifestation. It would be the job of human beings that through their choice, they would be the ones to bring the light down even further into those branches of the creation to bring the light down, not just into the roots of all creations, which the light was able, according to Hashem's law, to fix up and manifest the perfect roots of all creation, but it would travel no further. Human being's job is to take the root of perfection within himself and apply it to the root of perfection of every item to plant and till and grow his own garden of Eden. So it's our responsibility and our ability. The Creator leaves it in our hands to continue to apply this universal light of perfection and cause it to play into and invest and manifest in not just the perfect core root and not just the perfect core root of every item, starting with ourselves, but to really invest it in all the branches and playouts and extensions and applications of each item doing battle with the leftover negativity from the shattering of, of the universe to apply the light appropriately and, and clean up all the broken pieces and, and, and the idea. So this is why God divides the light from the darkness that the light comes in and it fixes up everything's perfect inner core root of perfection, but then it is divided back up and away from the future of all sorts of darkness that could be possible. And it'd be up to people. That's what it means. The light was hidden away for the righteous. It was then hidden away and stored away for the righteous people to go out and reapply it as they live their lives out through, through the unfolding history that was to come applying that light in the right way through their choice, avoiding putting the light where it shouldn't go, avoiding putting the light in the future potential darkness, and, and themselves doing that process of division, T taking the light of, of what we eat, how we interact with the opposite sex, how we interact with money, how, you know, and all of the ways that we interact one way and don't interact another way, that's called dividing the light from the darkness. That's called taking the light of our souls, the light of our choice, the light of where we put ourselves, where we extend ourselves, well, how we invest ourselves into this world, and to divide it and invest it only into the good 
chainings out of experience and to divide it away from any possible negative chainings out of experience. So God himself divides the light from the darkness, says, there's all this darkness out there. I'm not going to continue to invest the light out into that darkness. And so we too take what God started and continue down that track and divide the light away from any negative play out and put it only in a positive play out. So that was verse 5, that God divided the light from the dark. Okay. The Rav explained another extremely deep reason why the name of God, Elohim, is the only name featured in the first chapter of creation because Elohim is referring to the sphera and the energy of Bina, which is called in the Zohar, the Butzina, the Cardanita, the dark light, that wisdom is the seminal seed, the wisdom point, it's the real content, uh, that wisdom is the first, like, existence coming from absolute ethereal nothingness of the Creator's will, it's the entirety of everything, or the entirety of an organism summarized in the seed. So it's the giver in that it's, it's everything contained in a, in a singularity point. So it's, everything is given from that original singularity point. The sphere and energy of Bina, however, is the feminine principle of the mother, which receives from the father, receives the contribution of life from the father, and by receiving that contribution of life from the Father, does the work of breaking it down and separating out all those component parts, the way that the mother receives from the Father to break down the Father's contribution, to express it out in all its details as the fetus and the, and the baby. Yeah. So what Bina does the motherly principle, that it receives the life from the masculine wisdom and it separates out what the masculine father gives into its component parts, but by separating everything into their component parts, it also puts a boundary. It puts a boundary on everything coming from the wisdom. It says, here is the right arm and nowhere else. Here is the left arm and nowhere else. Here's exactly how far the right arm will extend and not far, not farther. Here's exactly how far the left arm will extend and no farther. Here's exactly where the nose will be. No longer, no shorter, no higher, no lower, etc. So it constructs everything, this motherly principle, and puts limits on everything. And from a mystical perspective, we say that the whole universe and the light of the universe, all of it is summarized and contained, mystically speaking, in a wisdom point. This entire universal 
this, all the energy, the spiritual and physical energy of the universe altogether is included in one singularity point. And there's a mystical, enormous, uh, all-encompassing cosmic energy called Bina, which is this great motherly principle, which takes that totality of energy and similarly breaks it up and puts it in its boundaries and gives to ultimately humanity just as much experience in just the right packaging that they can handle. No more, no less. So this this energy of Bina, this motherly energy of Bina, is what takes from the energy of existence, of totality of existence, and is constantly shaping it through boundaries and time and space and all sorts of boundaries of quality and quantity in exactly the right way that we can handle the totality of reality coming towards us in so many packages for us to grow and develop. Okay, I'm going to say, Yitzira, Habim Bechach Mechach Mabina.